Hello, everyone. Do not adjust your sets. I'm English today, apparently. <laughs> I blame the pipe. We're just going to roll with it. Uh, this is the Witten Whiskey Cast. I am Mark Rossetti, Jr. My regular voice will come back at some point. And with me, as always, on this adventure clearly into the unknown is uh, my co-host, DJ Gagnon. Hello, DJ. Hey there, buddy. We, uh, I, time has no meaning. No, time is a fictitious man-made creation, and uh, it is all relative. It is a little terrifying, though, that we do seem to be a month through 2023 already, and I have no idea where it went. Seriously, I can't believe it's, like, it's February tomorrow as we're recording this. It's February in most of the world right now, as we record this, actually. (laughs) Woof. Yeah, I I don't I don't recommend it. Uh, but we're here. We're back. I have a new pipe that I'm I'm going to sit and contemplate life while you discuss because you know our regular listeners, our last episode I almost said last week, uh, <laughs> on our normal recording schedule it was every week. Our last episode was very me heavy, and no one wants two of those in a row. So this one's going to be very DJ heavy, and I'm just going to sit here and puff on my pipe. Are you seeing? Take it out and just go, mm, yes, that's right. So that's why I was practicing my English accent before, because I have to be stern and con- slightly condescending. Yes. Uh, but no, it's it's going to be a good time. We're going to do, we did cats last week. We're going to do kids. Um, you could spell them both with a K, both with a C. It's a little weird either way, but we'll work with it. Did you ever see those god-awful cars for kids commercials? No. Wait, so what? There's some, there's some charity. It's called Cars for Kids. And it's basically like if you have an old car, you donate the car, and they give you, like, the money for a tax write-off, and they sell the car and put it towards, I don't know what. But they have these awful, low-budget, like, basically somebody, you know, just got a couple of youngsters and gave them the most rudimentary stage directions and filmed them on, like, an iPhone. (laughs) And so they're singing this god-awful song, and the song is just basically, you know, the words Cars for Kids over and over again, and then the phone number you're supposed to call. And they spell everything with a K, and I believe Cars is with a Z. I believe it's K-A-R-Z. So. Woof. Yeah, but if you're bored later and you want to, you know, not sleep even less than you already are. Google or do YouTube the commercials or they're on there. <laughs> Fascinating. After a great start. This is the best intro we've ever done to this show. <laughs> Calling it now. Don't you dare edit any of this out. I'm very upset. Like th- Ryan and two other people are pissing themselves right now with laughter. No one else. No one else. <laughs> you know, it's not just. It's not just us, by the way. I, I want to go on record to saying this. Because, uh, you know, like like a band, you know, we, we've, we've moved on to some solo projects and I've moved on to some uh, other podcasts. And we're just as stupid there, too. <laughs> so it's true. Literally, uh, Mike, who edits, uh, he edits our hockey podcast and our wrestling podcast. He sent myself and Nicholas, the third member of our little crazy trio. Not the Nick, you know, another Nick. And uh, the video was aptly titled, Just Three Minutes of Laughter. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's what it was. <laughs> just the three of us on a video stream uh, laughing because, well, one, Mike got the show name wrong again, as he always does. <laughs> and two, I decided, quite correctly, I might add, I'll have to send you the screenshot and you could be the deciding voice. But I decided quite correctly that in a black hoodie, headphones, a ball cap, and a beard, I was just Michael Moore. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't very happy about that. So Yeah, he doesn't seem to be a role model of yours. Uh, I mean, I liked Roger and Me for what it was. That was his, like, first big movie. But then they all kind of went downhill after that. <laughs> Did you ever see Roger and Me? Oh, I haven't seen anything by Michael Moore. Don't 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 watch Roger and Me. You especially will hate it. You will hate one specific scene in it. Oh, good. It's Basically, full they, of poop. The, well, the whole thing is they um, are in Flint, Michigan, which is in the middle of a recession because all the auto plants close. And so, a woman whose husband has now lost his job building automobiles is has a sign on her front porch that says rabbits for sale for pets or food. And basically you can go in there and I forget what amount of it, because this was the eighties. I forget how much money it was like $5 or whatever. And she'd give you a rabbit and they show her skinning a rabbit. Just a whole kitten caboodle. Yeah. No, thank you. So that's our movie review segment. Uh, DJ, <laughs> What in the Sam hell have you been doing lately? Uh, I don't even know, man. It's all just been parenting all of the time. Um, I did recently get back into Back for Blood, so that was fun. Uh, I've been playing that with with you and the, the boys a little bit. Um, that game is so much better now than it was when it came out. It, it's almost a completely different game. Yeah, seriously. Um it does harken back to the first online game I ever played with friends, which was Left 4 Dead 2. So I'm, it just, it feels very nostalgic for me. Um, I don't know, man. I, I've been baking a little bit here and there. I've been um, learning how to make baby food. Um, the new Fire Emblem game came out, so I've been playing that. It's, it's winter's been weird. Um, we we lost power for like a, a like three quarters of a day, uh, and ended up um, kind of hunkering down at my dad's. But did, did you end up losing power? We didn't lose power. We had uh, we had very high winds. Uh, the internet was kind of wonky, although that's pretty much par for the course here in Pennsylvania. The it was weird because. We got less snow than we were supposed to. We still got a couple inches, but we got less snow than we were supposed to. They were talking like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine inches. And we didn't end up getting that. But because they were calling for all that, like the whole night before, they were going up and down pre-treating the roads like that brine solution. Oh, yeah. So everything just turned into a slush and then froze. (laughs) Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, because, you know, peak government efficiency. Good. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we lost power because my gener well, we lost power and then my generator worked for 15 minutes and then I couldn't get it restarted. And, uh, I, I, I don't know if you've met me, Mark, but I'm not highly skilled at small engine repair. So, uh, 
we just left <laughs> because they're, I, I called the generator place. They're like, oh, that shouldn't have happened. And I'm like, yeah, thanks for the help. I guess we'll just leave. I don't want to be that guy, but you did have fuel in it, yes? Yes. Uh, r- really, really uh, eat that microphone, buddy. You know, just... just. How, how about now? There we go. No, it ran for 15 minutes, ran out of fuel. I went out and put fuel in it. I think... Some uh, I'm sure something stupid like somehow some line froze or water got in somehow or I flooded the engine or any of those stupid things that you can do with um the explodey engines. So I don't know, man. I don't repair things like that. I fig I well, I bet you could have figured it out, but well, I was going to say. Let me ask you my next brilliant question. Because uh, we moved on from movie reviews now to <clears throat> small engine repair talk. Uh, this is the Witten Whiskey Cows for those of you just tuning in. No. <laughs> uh, you don't by any chance, and I don't think you do, because I think we discussed this when you first got the generator, but I'll ask again because I'm stupid and I don't remember. You don't by any chance happen to have a diesel generator, do you? No. Okay. No, and it's got an electric start that I have a trickle charger on. So the tri- the, the electric start was working. I could hear it doing that and it just wasn't the engine wasn't catching. And despite what the fucking uh, small engine repair place said, I do actually know what a choke is and I was using it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I only asked if you had a diesel because a diesel engine, you can't if you run it out of fuel, you can't just put more fuel in it. There's a whole process you have to go through. Uh, if if this is a diesel-engined uh, <laughs> generator, then we I have... We have bigger problems because you've been putting gas in it. <laughs> yeah, and it's been working. <laughs> so I don't fucking know. Well, I, to be fair, it probably would run for a while, but then once you shut... No, I'm being a dick. But uh, <laughs> Okay, I feel like... This is a thing that I am intuiting from having gas-powered things my whole life. But I feel like with my old lawnmower and my snowblower and now my generator, there seems to be a weird thing that if they've been running for a little bit and then they run out of gas and you fill them with gas, it seems to be harder to start them up again. Yeah, you're probably getting some kind of vapor lock. Um, and, I mean, choke or no choke, it wouldn't... I mean, I could see myself doing this. You know, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of shit right now just for the purposes of comedy. But I could see myself doing the same thing. You've got a new baby. You have the wife. Your house doesn't have power. It's snowing. You're out there thrashing on the thing. It would not be very difficult to flood, not through any fault of your own, just because, like, God damn it, God, fix this fucking piece of shit. Yeah, I don't really know how to fix that either, so I'm going to have to call them again sometime this week and be like, hey, can you come out and do something with this? Because I don't really want to deal with a generator that doesn't work for the next few months. Go out one day on your lunch and just try it for ha-ha's, and if it starts, you know you flooded it. Does flooding just wear off? Yeah. 
Eventually, the fuel will settle back down and the carburetor won't be flooded anymore. Oh, okay. So it's not like a you have to take apart the carburetor and drain it out or something stupid. No, not if you flooded it. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, I'll try it sometime this week and see what happens. I don't know. Generators are dumb, and so are engines. Yes, fuck the internal combustion engine. We the One half of the show is apparently very pro-Tesla during our hiatus. I I was promised flying cars in 2015, so I'm still bitter. Yeah, we actually... Who the hell was I having a discussion with that we do not have flying cars yet, and it's a damn sin? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like the Hindenburg did bad things for hydrogen fuel cells. Well, yeah. There's also, you know... The fact that they're they're very difficult to it's very difficult to store them. I, re- I can remember years and years ago, there were ex- there was experiments. I shouldn't say years and years ago. I mean, like fifteen years ago when I was in college, there were some experiments that were showing promise of actually being able to store hydrogen on sort of like these like thinned bits of metal. Like basically, imagine like the way like a radiator looks, like with all those like you know skinny like fins. Mm. But somehow they were able to, they were experimenting with, like, the hydrogen were, like, ions, and so they would stick to it. And they're like, oh, this is, you know, the future. You're just going to just swap one of these metal racks in and out of your car, and that's going to be gas, and that's going to be hydrogen. And BMW actually had a 7 Series powered by a V12 engine, like their standard BMW V12 engine, uh, but they converted it solely to run on hydrogen. That is pretty cool. And I remember there were videos of this car. It did laps of the Nürburgring. It was a big, like, press thing. And, like, oh, look at the look at the tailpipe. The only thing comes out is water, blah, blah, blah. And once, you know, and there was a joke, like, whoever cracked the nut of actually making the hydrogen stick to metal, like, if you figured that out, you were just going to be the richest man that ever lived. And, like, you know, six, seven, eight years later, by the time I had graduated college, I was like, ah, we're going to go back to electric. Mm. It's like, well, why, though? <laughs> why don't we do the other thing? Yeah, I heard at one point BMW had hydrogen fuel cell cars driving on uh, somewhere in Europe, but I don't know if it ever stuck. They had a couple. Honda had a, oh, God, one of the, one of the, the, I can't remember if it was CRX or CRV, but they had one of them running around on hydrogen. They actually reviewed it on a couple of the TV shows uh, of the time. And the big knock at the time was just like, oh, you know, the engines, they don't make power. Like the big VNW V12, like, you know, on gas, it was making almost 500 horsepower, like 480 horsepower or something. And they're like, well, on hydrogen, it only makes like 220. Yeah, well, that's where guys like me and the old man come in. We'll make it fast. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. (laughs) Just give us the platform. We'll tweak it. Nice. But they no do. It's gone. So I don't. Yeah, like the flying car. Anywho, (laughs) what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking something that I know I haven't drank yet uh, on the five and a bit seasons we've done. I have not had time to go back and look through our notes to see if you ever did. You may have, but this is one of kind of the 
the quote unquote biggies, I guess, like the, the very common ones. I am drinking uh, Shiva's Regal, 12 year old Shiva's Regal, more specifically. And so, like I said, I don't know if we've ever done this because we kind of shy away from the jacks and the gyms and the, you know, the, the common stuff for whatever reason. It's not really a conscious choice we've made, but we seem to have done it. I mean, we've done Johnny, Jack, and Jameson. Eventually, but it, it's taken a while. It has. And I don't think we... Have we done just straight Jack yet? Because you did the green label. Uh, I did single barrel. Well, technically... I think that green label that I did was not actually green label and it was just an anniversary label. Ah. So I think it what might have just been Jack. Well then I stand, stand suitably chastened. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, this is, I had a good friend. I don't think he listens to the show. Uh, my good friend, Jeff, he was a big Scotch guy years and years ago, and he used to talk about find yourself a good mediocre Scotch. Yes, you know, you could spend 70, 80, 90, 100 dollars on a bottle of Scotch, and it's very good, but you're still gonna be spending a hundred dollars on a bottle of something you're just gonna drink anyway, blah, blah, blah. Find yourself a good 30 to 40 bottle dollar bottle of scotch that doesn't suck, and just drink that all the time. That was his <laughs> philosophy. And Sheevas is probably the best of the good mediocre scotches. Let's be honest. Uh, nice. It's roughly $35 a bottle for a fifth. Uh, 40% ABV. Uh, has a 12-year age statement. So, you know, we've gone into age statements before. If you, you know, have the seal and you put it on the bottle, it has to be true on some capacity. So it is aged 12 years in some shape, way, or form. Uh, it's kind of like a, I don't know, darker yellow color and i know that sounds nasty but i can't think of any other way to describe it it's not really caramel it's not really brown i've noticed that about scotches they seem to be a little bit yellowy compared to like the amber that you would expect yeah and uh you know this is a scotch that even people like dj will like it's lighter it has some sweeter tones there is a little bit of caramel to it there is a little bit of vanilla to it there's a little bit of um, almost like a honey kind, you know, that just pops up, especially in the beginning. You get sort of like a hint of honey. And when the wood kicks in, you get a little bit of the, like a cocoa almost and almost a um, like a uh, not the black licorice. But have you ever had like Twizzlers makes that like fake chocolate licorice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like. It's like, it's like the, brown um, licorice. Yeah, like um, it's like the Necco wafer chocolate. Yeah, kind of. There's just like the hints of that in there as well. And uh, you get a little bit of the grain alcohol at the finish. It burns a little bit. You still like and at the end. Because, again, this is only like a $35 bottle of scotch. So we're talking about, you know, oh, well, there's vanilla and, you know, there's Necco wafer chocolate and there's honey. There is, but it's not really balanced. They're kind of fighting each other. So, like, the honey will pop up, then it'll go away and you'll have a burn. Then the chocolate will pop up, then it'll go away, it'll burn. So, you know, it's not really balanced. <laughs> it's all kind of there. It's all kind of just smashing you in the mouth. But overall, it's really kind of good. Uh, I like it. It's definitely, you know, speaking as someone who enjoys like the really heavy PV scotches and your bog waters, this isn't any of that, 
But if you just want something you could sit and drink, you know, like a knock around glass, like, oh, there's a football game on today or, oh, I have to go, you know, sit outside and do whatever. And you just want to sip something. This is great. Definitely keep a bottle of this on your shelf if you haven't already. That's good to know. I'll have to add that to my list. You would actually like this. Maybe maybe I'll bring a bottle up when I come up, because we're going to be together relatively soon, folks. Be afraid. Be very afraid. We've been doing this podcast two and a half years and have not seen each other in person. It's going to be a party. Yeah, we... You know, we were getting together fairly regularly, two to three times a year, and then the world kind of ended there for a while. Mm-hmm. And we originally started this podcast as a way to actually still talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. But uh, maybe I'll bring up some Shivas for that, and you and I can just sit and laugh at the world, I guess. That'd be great. And you know, we're going to see each other in April, so podcast over. No, I'm totally kidding, everybody. <laughs> Click. Um. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> What uh? What are you drinking, brother? Uh, I went with something local. I got uh, I got a a twofer in a gift pack. Um, that because it it was around the holidays. I feel like right after the holidays, weird weird whiskey tip. But um, right after the holidays, if you hit the liquor store in like the first couple of weeks of January, you can usually find uh, discounted gift packs of various things. Because, you know, the various distilleries, you know, Jack and Jim and, and Johnny will put out these, like, you know, tasting kits. And sometimes it'll have a couple of flavors in a whiskey glass. Sometimes it'll have a, a shaker. Um, so I, I got a double pack of Smuggler's Notch. Uh, so this is a distillery here in uh, New England. Uh, I believe it's, yeah, it's Vermont. Uh, so Smuggler's Notch up in Jeffersonville, Vermont. Uh, not a New Hampshire whiskey. Uh, have not made it up to the Tamworth Distillery yet. Uh, but I am trying their maple whiskey, which is something I did not think I was going to love. And it's actually pretty good. Because it is actually whiskey, and it's not maple-flavored brown shit. We're going to talk about that later. You're skipping ahead to whiskey news, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this is a, uh, it's it's the Smuggler's Notch Distillery. It's their their straight bourbon um, that is infused with 100% pure Vermont maple syrup, which is, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but is like, Pure maple syrup, a thing that Pennsylvania gets uppity about? Do we get uppity about it? No. Is it a thing you can buy relatively easily here? Yes. Uh, A friend of the show, Allison, who's actually been on the show, she and her parents make her own. Okay. Actually, they have the trees and they tap it and everything. It's funny because my uncle... And my aunt lived in Beverly for you know however long, and then I went to school in Massachusetts, so we would always get Vermont maple syrup and just bring it home. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so if I told if I said to you that there's a difference between table syrup and maple syrup, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. No, one not as much as I want to argue with that just to be pedantic and just to wind you up. No, there 100 is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is definitely I like I have I've got friends from like outside of the Northeast. Uh, who do not know that Aunt Jemima is not maple syrup. Uh, 
Um, so, uh, maple syrup's a big deal up here in New England for anybody who's listening and doesn't know that. Um, Vermont, it's one of Vermont's biggest exports. We're right on the Canadian border, so there's a, a ton of um, maple syrup culture in northern New Hampshire, northern Vermont. Weirdly, not a ton in Maine. You don't hear a lot about Maine maple syrup, uh, but they've got lobsters. You're fighting bears. Yeah. Um, so this is really good. I have had maple-flavored things before, and they're generally, generally liqueurs. Uh, at least up here in the Shire, uh, maple cream liqueurs are like a dime a dozen. It seems like every distillery up here has their own like sickly sweet maple liqueur. This is not that. It is literally a bourbon that tastes ever so slightly of maple syrup. It's not overly sweet. It's not... Um, I mean, it's it's bourbon sweet. It's not maple syrup sweet. It has that 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 hint of maple, but it I don't know. I like I'm honestly curious how they did this because I don't know how you would infuse something as sugary as maple syrup into bourbon without it just being overpowered. Uh, but it's very I good. Get, I, I get to actually say it for the first time this calendar year. I know how they do it. Mm-hmm. Who do? Yes, it's probably New England magic, but it's good. It's got, uh, for something that's maple infused, it's got a good burn to it. Uh, the burn doesn't last very long. It, it actually kind of ends on a smoky, spicy note, which you would not expect out of something maple infused, but it definitely has a backbone of, of like good maple syrup. So, uh, I think I will be making a hot toddy with this in the near future. Highly recommend. That actually sounds really good. Right? Yeah, uh, I'm very excited for Whiskey News. So, yeah, Whiskey News, and you've probably seen this going around because this is like a scandal. And I never put two and two together with this because I don't drink Fireball. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and... Like, okay, we know Fireball is technically considered whiskey, but, like, honestly, unless I sat and had to think of it, like, if you just said to me at first blush, what is Fireball? I would have said it's like a liqueur, like Soco. Soco isn't technically whiskey. Yeah. Uh, But, in fact, regular Fireball cinnamon whiskey is actually whiskey. Okay, fine, whatever. What gets interesting is you may have noticed popping up in gas stations and beer distributors in different places, these little tiny plastic nips of Fireball. And you could buy them in like ridiculous quantities. Like they sell like 12 packs of these things. Mm. Well, apparently someone figured out that this is not actually whiskey. (laughs) This is basically a, like, malt beverage type deal. And there is sort of precedence with this. Uh, Now, I don't know if you remember, DJ, I think, like, you know, we joke about it, like, you could buy the cans of, like, pre-made cocktails now. Yeah. Well, at least in Pennsylvania for the longest time, 
like they they're only relatively recent like they've only come in since covid like the ones that are actually jack and coke the ones that are actually jim beam and ginger ale like those ones have only come in relatively recently and they uh you can only buy them at the liquor stores here okay well for years and years and you could still get these too but for years and years the only thing we had were like these weird malt beverage varieties and jack daniels would make a, a bunch of them they had one that was lemonade they had one that was some kind of fruit punch. And then they had one that was just called Blackjack Cola. And if you drank it and you didn't know any better, you would think it was a bad Jack and Coke. Okay. But basically, you could go into a beer store and buy a 24-pack of, quote-unquote, Jack and Coke and go home. And they were like 12%, 15%, so they would get the job done. Mm. Well, but if you actually sat and read the packaging, they actually were like a malt beverage. There was no actual Jack Daniels in them. They just had the rights to the name. <laughs> and so apparently that's what these little bottles of Fireball are. Because there's apparently Fireball cinnamon whiskey, and then there's just Fireball cinnamon. And while the whiskey is 33% alcohol by volume, the liqueur, the malt beverage, has but 16.5 volume, 16.5% uh, alcohol by volume. Now, at the end of the day, what does it matter? It's this and that. Well, there are all these class action lawsuits because people are claiming that they were lied to. Oh, boy. You know, we thought we were buying whiskey. The label is the same, although it does uh, cleverly omit the word whiskey on the little bottle label. Again, I never took notice to it. You know, the packaging is the same, the label's the same, and it tastes the same, but it's not actually whiskey. This is a malt beverage, and we thought we were buying whiskey, and blah, blah, blah. Folks, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be just cynical here, but number one, this is America. This is the country where we sued over hot coffee being hot. Yeah. Just remember that. And number two, if you ever, because these bottles are 99 cents, even in Pennsylvania with our insane taxes, these bottles are 99 cents. If you ever get a shot of quote unquote whiskey for 99 cents and you think it's actually whiskey. Oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh. But yeah, so. That's a big deal, um, and the, the attorney generals of several states are getting together for, like, one of these massive cross-country class action lawsuits. Illinois just joined, like, there's something like five or six states now that are actually handling. You could go to your state attorney general and complain, and you can get put on a list, and you, too, can sue Sazerac, uh, who owns the rights to Fireball if you're so inclined. And if you are, don't stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but that's whiskey news. It's, it's a wild one. It's so stupid. So stupid. Not stupid, but equally wild is the nonsense you have set up for <laughs> tools of the trade. I, I want to offer a reservation for this one because I could not figure out a way to Google whiskey-related things and newborns without getting put on a list. So uh, I found somebody put an article out on Thrillist.com called Mommy Mixology, 
and it's five cocktails made with various baby foods and medicines. This brings new meaning to daddy needs his medicine. It's, it's bad. It's so full disclaimer before I read any of these recipes. Don't, we are not recommending that you make any of these recipes, but you know, if you're desperate, I guess, but don't, we're not recommending this. The screwed up part is, and now I have not seen DJ's list. Uh, he's going to read it to me, and I'm going to react in real time as Oz are all of you at home. But I think I'm fairly confident in saying that no matter what's on that list, I'd probably take it over Fireball. I don't know, buddy, because the first one is Infants, Tylenol, and Vodka. Oh, no, that's just fun. That's just a blackout <laughs> in a can. Yeah, so this is uh, five mil of the medicinal ty- um, Tylenol syrup uh, with a shot of vodka, and you shake it in a cocktail shaker. That's <laughs> glorious. I would like to point out that there are various flavors of this Tylenol, so you can do cherry and grape. Yeah, I've had the grape before. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It's going to be like, you could literally kind of make the Jim Jones flavor aid with that. Woof. Um, so I don't recommend that one. I mean, mixing medicine and alcohol is never a great idea, but it is just baby Tylenol, I guess. Uh, all right. This next one, uh, Mark, I don't know if you know this. You you do have a niece and a goddaughter and all that, right? So I do. Um, kids are like have basically like these pouches that are just like smoothies for snacks. Okay. So this one is a squeeze pouch of pureed apples, kale and avocado and bourbon. See, you had me until you put the kale in the avocado, like applesauce and bourbon. I'd be right there. Apparently this tastes like a liquid fruit cake. Oh, see, I don't like fruitcake. We were talking about that on the other podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't. How do you know when fruitcake has gone bad? It's hard as a rock when it's new. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, all right, the third one is homemade applesauce and gin. Make a nice little applesauce martini. I'd try it. Uh, apparently, the flavor is not unlike an apple teeny, but slightly chewy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, this next one is a, a flat out no for me. Uh, chunky style chicken and stars, baby food and vodka. No. Okay. No, <laughs> I, I lied. I would take fireball over that. <laughs> um, and then the last one, I, mm, formula and vodka. Okay. Let's slightly modify it. Let's make a white Russian, but with formula. Yeah, I mean, this was saying that uh, they were th- they thought about the White Russian, but they tr- they didn't have any Kahlua, so they made a brandy milk pu- brandy milk punch with vodka. I, I I would try it if it was a White Russian, but just straight. Mm. I mean, I don't. I have had the singular opportunity of tasting formula when. Um, my baby throws the bottle away and it ends up sprinkling a bunch of drops everywhere. Um, and it's very sweet. It's very sweet. So you'd have to balance that out. You've got me thinking now though, maybe we can combine some of this. Maybe we'll get the applesauce and the fireball. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> but probably I mean, would work. 
It's cinnamon. Uh, yeah, so I don't recommend any of these cocktails. They all sound terrible to me, but, you know, it sounds like something you would come up with when you're very tired. I'm intrigued by the vodka and Tylenol. That that one intrigues me. Vodka and Tylenol. If, if you really want to go to sleep, I it, think that would work. It's just great drink. Yeah, it's just like what they... Now, you're you're of the same age as me. Remember when you used to go to, like, Kmart and, and these different stores, and they'd have the little food court, and they would have those, like, square vats where they were watering down all these just random flavors of just drink? Yeah. That's probably what it tastes like. Probably, like, uh, I don't know if McDonald's still does it, but you used to be able to get, like, orange high C from McDonald's. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Whoa. I remember that. So, anywho, that's Tools of the Trade this week, baby food cocktails. Yeah. It's, again, best episode ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, we are going to win some sort of award from some podcast block. Hmm. Uh, well, with that segue, take us into what in the Sam hell you actually have to do when you now have a living, breathing human Yeah, that so, you are responsible for. <laughs> yeah. So I, I currently have a four-month-old. Uh, I figured I would start with a very high level of our birth story. Um, and I'm going to be as non-visceral as possible, but fair warning, feel free to skip ahead if you don't want to hear any of this. Um, I don't know how much I've told you about this, Mark. I've told a fair amount, I'm sure. Well, I know it lasted quite some time. Yeah. Um, so our story wasn't anything necessarily horribly crazy and everybody's fine. So the story ends well. Um, but a week before we went into real labor and yes, I acknowledge my wife was the one in labor, but, uh, I was her birth partner the entire time. So I'm just going to refer to the whole situation as we, um, to be honest, I think you were more razzed by it than she was. Oh yeah. My wife doesn't really remember most of it. Um, so, Bef- leading up to having a kid, there was a ton of shit that we did, right? Got the nursery ready, bought all of the shit, got all of the shit off of our registry, um, got lots of books, including one about poop. Uh, and <laughs> we took birth classes and read birth and pregnancy and newborn books and took a newborn class. And the only thing we didn't take was a newborn CPR class because our... Um, the person running our newborn class said that a lot of the regulations for newborn CPR is just, you know, put them upside down and smack them on the butt. So uh, I'll, I'll probably take like a toddler and, and young child CPR class at some point, but that's neither here nor there. And leading up to birth in all of these classes, all of the literature, you hear about the stages of labor. And it's basically like false labor, uh, uh, water breaking, active labor, transition. You know, there's all of these crazy stages of labor. And there's all of these things that you can do at each stage to make it easier or to help or to manage pain or, or whatnot. And we had like a whistle stop tour of the major, uh, all of the major stages of labor. So... A week before my son actually arrived, 
um, we went into what was called prodromal labor. And it's somewhere in between false labor and active labor where Holly was laboring for like two days, but was able to still get some sleep at night. Um, but like they, they hurt. Nothing was really happening. Nothing was progressing. Um, but you know, we just kind of stayed home. I, I think we watched, uh, a, we did like a movie marathon and I think she finished a knitting project. Like it, it just, nothing really happened at that point. Um, we had our 39 week appointment cause it was week 39 at that time and baby was pretty big. Uh, we had some other stuff going on that I won't go into. Um, again, everybody's fine. Uh, but we were scheduled for an induction that following Sunday. So prodromal labor starts like late Tuesday ends very early Thursday morning, Thursday. We have that appointment Sunday. We're, we're due in to, to have labor induced. What we didn't realize, Mark, was that uh, we, there's a bunch of local hospitals, right? Like, you know, every other town uh, that's big enough to have one has a hospital. I'm sure it's fairly similar uh, near where you are. Um, I mean, yeah, that's sort of how we've evolved in Western civilization. Yeah. But continue. <laughs> so we have two cities side by side, Dover and Rochester. And Dover's got a really great hospital that all of the people want to go to. And then Rochester's got a not as great hospital. And the not as great hospital straight up closed their birth center because of like financial reasons the week before we started this whole labor process. So wonderful. We get a call Sunday saying, so all of the people who were coming, who were going to labor at this other place had to come here. So we have no beds for you. And this was like three hours before we were due at the hospital for induction. So I'm like, Holly's like, Oh, oh well, whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm pissed. I repacked the bag four times today. Like, let's fucking go. Um, so Holly's like, calm your ass down. And we went to bed and everything was fine. And a couple of days later, we were supposed to be induced the following Tuesday at 6 p.m. So at, at that point, it would have been a full week since labor started. Holly woke me up at 4 a.m., on Tuesday and said, Hey, I think my water broke. And we were at the hospital within like a half hour at that point. I, I think I threw our snacks into a cooler and we just got in the car and went, let's um, go. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's fucking go. Let's get this kid out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then from about four thirty, that started the 26 hours of labor. Um, which is a big number and it sounds really scary until you realize like that most of that Tuesday, nothing fucking happened. Like Holly was in labor. She was feeling the contraction. She was hooked up to monitors. Things were moving along, but like at one point we, we taught her dad how to play rummy and just played rummy for two hours. <laughs> Which, like, is very not what you would expect out of labor, right? It, you don't expect there to be downtime. We got to, like, 5 p.m. that night. We had called our doula in because we were, were getting induced. There's a bunch of levels of induction. I, I won't drag that out too much. Um, but the 
Holly got induced and then bam, instantly into labor within like uh, two to three hours. She was well into like crazy labor twilight zone, um, really rough uh, contractions. The funny part about labor, uh, especially modern labor is if you're at a hospital that supports it, uh, the like base level of pain management is nitrous. <laughs> so my, and, and there's no limit on it cause it's nitrous, uh, uh, nitrous oxide, laughing gas. It doesn't pass the, the placenta. So it, it can't impact the baby and it leaves your system very quickly. So they just give you a mask and hook you up to the tank and say, huff on it whenever you want. Uh, so for like five hours there, uh, Holly was just huffing on nitrous. So it, it like doesn't, it doesn't take away the pain, but as, as I'm sure anybody who's been under laughing gas knows, it just makes you not really care. Uh, Unfortunately, a laboring woman is not is not really one who prepared to start giggling, but um, it, it kind of mellowed her out a little bit. Uh, and after five hours of of like intense labor, like into like past midnight at this point, um, we hadn't progressed. Nothing was happening um, despite all of the crazy contractions. So they, they booted us up to the next level of induction. We got an epidural, um, and Holly was able to get some rest with the epidural. I, I got like a fitful half hour of sleep. Uh, and after an, like an, another hour or two, they came in the doctors and they said, Hey, um, you know, we are, they had already told us that, an epidural, uh, has a risk of, um, making it difficult to stabilize the infant's heart rate. This is a fairly standard thing with epidurals. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. They have ways of, of helping. Um, and it was, it was up and down, you know, I, the, the contraction would die down and then all of a sudden his heart rate would drop and then pick back up. And they were, they were dealing with it. Everything was going. Everything was fine. There was no real emergency. And then they kind of came in and said, look, this is an uphill battle. It's trending to in a direction that we really don't want to go. Before this becomes bad, we're recommending a C-section. And C-section seems scary, and it was its own thing. But, like, my sleep-addled brain is like, oh, okay, so we know that we probably need to do this, but, like, we just got some rest, so, like, we can wait on this a little while, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, cool, when do we want to do that? And the surgeon's like, yeah, now? I was like, room over there? We just prepped it. Oh, that's going to happen, yeah. And uh, I I won't go into the details about the C-section. The C-section was fairly scary for me, Holly didn't, doesn't really remember most of it. Um, we were behind a curtain and didn't see anything bloody, but it, it, each stage of the C-section took longer than was advertised. And our doula was not in a place where she could like comfort us or give us like updates. So 
like a 10, there was supposed to be like, like the kid was supposed to be out in 10 minutes and it took 25. Um, ultimately we got through everything and, uh, the baby is fine. Mom is fine. And they give me the kid wrapped up in a nice swaddle in a nice little package. Uh, and they, they close up Holly. Everything's good. We're ready to go back to the room. And I unwrap Parker to put him on Holly because it's the first chance for us to like get them together and get some skin to skin. And as soon as I unwrap him and go put him on Holly, he shits everywhere. Ah, he's making me proud. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, and I won't, I won't go into like any of the, the craziness. It, it was a rough, like we were in the hospital. He was born Wednesday morning and we were in the hospital until like noon on Saturday. Um, because you get an extra day in the hospital with a C-section. They really want to make sure you're good. Uh, those first two days after he was born was crazy. Uh, just so much. Um, like, we were back in the room at like 7.30 in the morning. And 7.38 is when all the doctors began their rounds. So I, we didn't sleep for basically two straight days. Um, so that that night, Holly kind of came out of the drug haze. And, and uh, we started to like piece ourselves back together. Uh, and we had a really amazing nurse who, who took Parker for um, like two hours and just gave us a, two hours peaceful sleep, which was amazing. Um, the remaining hospital stay wasn't too crazy. Uh, there was a lot of little stage gates we had to get past. He had some vaccines he had to get. He had to get a bunch of uh, additional tests because he was a C-section baby. We found out like the day before we went home that um, not only was he a cesarean baby, but they hadn't, the reason why it took so long is they couldn't get him out by his head. So they pushed him back in, flipped him around and pulled him out by his feet. So you're saying he's going to be like me and we're gonna have to custom order all his helmets. <laughs> yeah, I think giant so. ass yeah, he's got a huge head. He's got a 10 gallon head, Mark. Uh, and, and the funny thing about this is that, uh, natural birth feet first is called breach and you're not really supposed to be able to be a breach baby if you're cesarean but but our kid is both breach and cesarean hey, well guess fucking what <laughs> so yeah um it ended up being a like the he was born and then like it took us about 2 weeks to to become like relatively normal adults again. Um, I have to imagine that there are babies that are way harder than ours uh, because by the end of the second week after we got home, uh, I mean, he was sleeping four to six hours and that has like, that's only gotten better, which I guess is unheard of, right? Like most babies are up every two hours screaming for a bottle he was like that for a little while. And then I think we had his two week appointment and the doctor was like, well, what are you doing to feed him in the middle of the night? And we're like, well, we're trying to wake him up before he starts screaming. And they're like, no, just let him sleep. He's gaining weight just fine. And the first night we just let him sleep. He, he slept six hours. And I, 
So I, I ended up going back to work after parenting leave. And uh, one of my coworkers was like, oh, you must be really tired. And I'm like, actually, no, this is the most rested I've been since I got my first job at 14. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how many listeners we have that are actually parents, but they've all yelled, fuck you, and hung up right mm-hmm, now. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's uh, the end of all the gross stuff. Um there's a lot more detail to that birth story that I remember and Holly doesn't probably be for the best. But one of the things that I learned out of that experience and that I will probably do different for, for kid number two when, when we decide to go that route um, is feeding a baby is like the craziest, most complicated experience ever um, when it comes to infants. Like, because... They poop, you just wipe them off and you put a new diaper on. Occasionally you have to deal with a diaper rash. Like, changing diapers is not a big deal. Getting them to sleep isn't really even a big deal because babies will eventually just tire themselves out and fall asleep. Um, It may not last very long, but it does happen. But feeding is a constant, like, intellectual struggle trying to figure out the best way to feed your kid not feel guilty about whatever method you choose, uh, trying to make sure that you're feeding them enough, but not feeding them too much, but feeding them more regularly, but making sure that they're eating the right thing. And it's bonkers. There's so many angles to it. And 2020 hindsight, knowing what I know now about babies, uh, I would not have gone into the hospital saying that breastfeeding was our only strategy. Um, because from in mine and Holly's mind, we were like, we don't, we don't know what we don't know. We'd like to try breastfeeding and the hospital takes that as you must breastfeed. This is the only thing you're going to do. And we are going to be super fucking intense about it. And it's a language as a new parent. You have, you, you don't speak yet. So that, that was hard. I mean, they were getting us up every two hours to feed him and to check him and he doesn't, he doesn't feed at the breast. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert, we, we feed him from a bottle and, and Holly pumps. So, uh, we, we augment with formula. He's fine. He's gaining weight. He's amazing. Fed is best. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. Um, but we're, you know, new dumbass parents and we're like, yeah, breastfeeding is right. And he would just, he would either latch and instantly fall asleep, not drink anything, or he would scream for a half hour, we'd give up and still have to feed him from a bottle. And that happened for like a solid week before we were like, hey, this sucks and we're both exhausted and it's really taking a toll on our mental health. What do we do? And luckily we met with a lactation specialist and and she kind of set us right. So we... we are doing the formula thing. We pump when we can. He is happy and growing crazily. Uh, he's already 15 pounds at four months. So, I mean, great. Um, like 12 of it's his head. Yeah, I mean, most of it is his head. Um, but uh, we just hit a pretty big um, milestone because he's he's now four months. You're not technically supposed to be able to introduce solid food until six months. But it's in that, like, it's somewhere in the four to six 
month window when they're ready for it. And uh, all of the books and the doctors will, will tell you like there's signs to look out for, for when a baby might be ready. And it's all about how like the baby will watch you eat and, and show indication that they want to do what you're doing. Uh, try to grab food off your plate, uh, things like that. So he's been doing that for a couple of weeks. So we tried him on sweet potatoes and, uh, he has made huge messes, uh, by spitting it all out and, uh, makes just the best damn faces, Mark. I was about to say, I'm calling CPS immediately, not for the solid food, but because you're inflicting sweet potatoes on him, but he's spitting most of it out. Then. I mean, sweet potatoes are great for bait. Do you not like sweet potatoes? They're fucking disgusting. They're sweet potatoes. They're, they, ugh, they're just, uh, Do you not like sweet like, potato fries? I don't like anything sweet potatoes. <sighs> Yams, whatever you want to call them. Just people that, 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 re, that, I've noticed that people that like sweet potatoes, like, really like sweet potatoes, and it's signs of an unhappy home life, quite frankly. <laughs> I would say for something I, else. I would say that I am not I'm not a diehard sweet potato fan. I think I do prefer just normal potatoes, but it's mostly because I fucking hate cooking sweet potatoes. <laughs> I like I really love cooking and sweet potatoes don't cut like normal potatoes. They don't boil like normal potatoes. They don't roast like normal potatoes. They're just a weird non like you know when you cut a potato it's like damp and moist yeah yeah sweet potatoes aren't they're just like no, smooth it's like a bark because they're fucking evil they're just made out of sadness and oh <laughs> well babies love them um generally babies uh, love carrots it doesn't make it right they don't know any better carrots are great what's wrong carrots, with you oh carrots are fucking awful do you not like orange food no, I like oranges. How do you feel about butternut squash? I'll eat it. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I'll eat it. Yeah, I think you're racist against orange. <laughs> I like Cheetos. I <laughs> like cheese. That's not hits. a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> well, what other orange vegetables are? I like orange peppers, like the, the bell peppers. I mean, not quite the same class as other things. And, and I mean, it's just a green pepper at a different stage of growth. I still eat them. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, so I am a tryhard, and rather than buying baby food jars, uh, I've got a couple of books on making your own baby food. And like, I know, I know how elitist and privileged this sounds, but it's actually not that hard. I'm sure if I were in a different financial situation or in a situation where I was a single parent, uh, this would not be something I would entertain or have time for. Um, but I mean, I made a pretty big, I, I, I did two sweet potatoes and one butternut squash. They both roast at the same time and temperature. Then I pureed them with some water. So it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of effort. It wasn't a lot of ingredients. And, uh, I, I made them separate so that we could test for food allergies but I got a dozen meals of each out of it, and I froze them. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. 
but uh, to to be fair, Mark, I'm not just subjecting my child to orange vegetables. So I've got uh, peas that I'm going to be doing next, apples, pears, mangoes, and carrots. Well, I was about to say every one of those is fine. Then you threw carrots in at the end. Carrots are fine, Mark. Carrots, no bueno. But there is some really cool, like, baby tech out there that I'll talk about later. Um, but I did just get some some freeze like silicone ice trays that you can just straight up freeze a one ounce portion of uh, baby food in, and then you put them in giant freezer bags. So uh, anytime you just pull out basically an ice cube of sweet potato and heat it up in the microwave, and then you've got baby food. So makes it really easy. Um, they don't babies don't do a whole lot. They feed, they sleep, they poop, they scream. Get that drop, folks. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Um, I, Parker is kind of, he's coming out of the potato stage. He's imitating us. He's smiling. He's burbling. He's drooling. He's he's doing more than just kind of laying there and screaming. So, um, but they still, he doesn't do a whole lot. Um, so for, for sleeping, again, we're pretty lucky. We've got a baby that sleeps. Um, in the hospital, I learned how to swaddle with a, with a square blanket and I got really good at it. And then I got home and somebody, uh, my sister had sent me some like Velcro swaddles that completely negate needing to have that skill. So, uh, if you're, if you're looking to shop for your baby, uh, get your nursery ready. If you, if you're expecting, um, it's nice to have those like blanket swaddles, like receiving blanket types, because they're really good to cover you when he's or she's puking everywhere. Um, but honestly, I only swaddle with a blanket when he's like super overwhelmed at this point and just screaming, because uh, weirdly that helps. Um, there's. There was this huge ad campaign back in the 90s because I like I feel like every generation has their own rules for what's safe to sleep. Uh, I feel like when we were kids, it was we, our parents were told it, uh, to let us sleep on our stomachs. Uh, now the rule is um, it is to l- let kids sleep or make sure that kids are sleeping on their backs. Uh, and there's like a, a this '90s ad campaign uh, kind of like coined the phrase "back to sleep, tummy to play," which I thought was you know just kind of cute. Um, but they will get up a couple of times at night. Um, if you're shopping for baby clothes, just get the ones that zipper, and if you can get the ones with the double zipper that zip up from the foot, so that it makes it easy to change a diaper at three in the morning. Those are the best. Uh, one of the baby ad- pieces of advice I got was that if somebody gets you baby clothes with actual buttons, they probably hate you. <laughs> oh, I wish I knew that. I was bored. <laughs> you got shitload of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, snaps are okay, but those are hard to do in the middle of the night. Just um, weirdly, Target has a really great line of baby clothes that have double zippers and are fleece and it's the Carter's collection. Um, things that I never thought I would, I would want to know. Um, babies poop. 
I don't know if you knew that knew this, Mark, but they poo. They don't. They don't do a lot, but they do poo. They do poo. I'm learning so much today. Yeah. Um, every baby is different. Uh, Parker tends to take one massive shit about once a week. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> usually babies will sl- will will shit like regularly, like multiple times a week. No, Parker just saves it up, and then he'll get. This You'll is all like, backed up from all the fucking sweet potatoes. <laughs> no, the sweet potatoes started this week. This has been a pattern for months now. And it's the nice part is that we're not constantly cleaning up poop and that just it, it seems to happen just when I'm starting to realize that, oh, shit, he hasn't pooped in a while. <laughs> so uh, it's a lot. I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about poop here anymore. I I know so much about baby poop. I have so much knowledge about baby poop that I am sure has pushed other useful things out of my head. You know, it was funny for our listeners because uh, in our you know little social group, we all know DJ. We all love DJ. We know what he likes and we know what he doesn't like. DJ's not the biggest fan of toilet humor. No. And in the run-up to the baby and everything, we're all kind of like, you know, he's going to be a good dad, but we don't know how he's going to handle the diapers, man. <laughs> you know, I honestly thought the the diaper changing was going to get to me. I, I don't give it. Like, honestly, I'm excited when he poops because then I can stop worrying that as he hasn't pooped in a while. Uh, the thing that gets to me is the spit up. Because, you know, babies spit up and they do it a lot. And they do it often and they do it with aplomb. And uh, it was fine until like his stomach started to produce bile and stomach acid. And then it was nasty and it doesn't smell good and it gets all over your clothes. <laughs> so uh, that's that's the part that I have a hard time with. Um and uh, Parker delights in puking whenever I'm around because apparently my very presence is very exciting for him. And he gets so excited and then he pukes. You were raising a troll. Yeah. I'm, he's trolling. I, yeah, he's literally trolling me. Um, babies scream. Babies cry. Um, soothing them, unless it's like colic or, or like a food allergy or something like that. In general, and I'm going to make a, a huge generalization here, and then you can you can ask me if I still believe this after a second kid. Um, in general, babies cry when they need something. You know, it, they they need comfort, they need food, they need a diaper change. Um, my my kid has taken to anytime he needs a diaper change, and we haven't noticed, he starts punching himself in the balls. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just, just did not bam, see bam. that one coming. <laughs> just raises his arm up, looks at us, and then starts rapidly hitting himself in the front of the diaper. And we go, well, okay. I mean, once the other one drops, I don't think you're going to be doing that much anymore. <laughs> Luckily, the diapers are very padded. He's not doing himself any damage, but it's quite amusing to walk into the room and he's, he's kind of fussy and I'm like, what's up? And Holly's like, I don't know. And then I look down, he's just hitting himself in the balls. 
I'm gonna do that at work the next time I have to take a <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, can't quite get to the bathroom in time to start punching myself in the dick, taking my mind off. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, it's a soiled diaper. He's hungry. He's tired. He need, he he wants and he's cold. Something like that. So, um, generally, if it's one of those things, you as a parent, the hardest thing is like hearing the crying while you're trying to figure out which of the six things it is. Um, but you generally will get. You'll figure it out pretty quickly. And then I, sometimes they're just fussy. You know, they're tired and they don't really want to go down or they're hungry and they're too upset to eat and shit like that. And I, I do the dumbest shit to distract him so that like Holly can feed him without him screaming. I, I found myself the other day. Do you remember those old Six Flags commercials with the old dude? I do, actually. I do those dances while humming the Six Flags song. I mean, you do that at your wedding, though, so that's part of the course. I did, but I also just do them in my living room, in my pajamas, to, to distract Parker from realizing that he's too upset to eat. Um, he has started teething, which is... I'm sure it's going to get way worse before it gets better. Um, and Holly and I keep making the mistake of letting him chew on our fingers, which is not going to go well when his teeth actually come in. Yeah, it doesn't work good for cats. I can tell you that. No. When Romulus was teething, I made that mistake. But anywho, um, I he could be a lot harder. And I'm just going to kind of leave it there. I, I'm sure we're in for a doozy with number two. Uh, so neat baby tools, because I do tools of the trade and I thought it would be cool to do some neat baby tools. Uh, so the first thing is tiny beans. Uh, it is a, it is an online private photo sharing site that is specifically made for parents to share photos of their kids. Um, you have to explicitly invite people. It's not a, like you can friend people and, and get added to their albums easily. You have to explicitly invite someone. Uh, Mark, I'm pretty sure you're on mine, right? I am actually, and I I, I get the the updates in in the you know the morning when I mean not every day, but whenever they're posted, and it, it's kind of a neat uh, it's kind of a neat program. It reminds me, in a good way, it reminds me of like the old, old old like our era high school MySpace when it was just sort of like photos. Like you don't have this, the social interaction part of it necessarily. You leave comments or whatever, but just how it was like, this is just mostly for photos. And you know, this is like Parker's page and you know, not only the bullshit that we have on like social media nowadays. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cute. I feel like the, the biggest thing that we do with tiny beans is that because it is 2023, there is still a pandemic, despite the fact that a lot of the country has gone back to normal. Um, you know, we, I have older grandparents and I have, you know, I, a mom is disabled. So it's nice that, you know, they can't always see Parker, uh, but they get to see regular photos and they feel included. And, and I, it has drastically cut down on the oh my God, how are you? I want to see pictures of the baby because most people that I would be talking to are on Tiny Beans anyways. So it it, it kind of like clears out weird cruft in conversations like that and just lets, lets us hang out with people. Um, 
books. There's a lot of parenting books out there, and some of them are shit. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I believe I talked about this in a previous episode. Um, but the one update that I have is there is a book called Wonder Weeks, uh, which is by a couple of like child psychologists, and it's all about um, understanding baby development stages from like a like a psych- psychological perspective and the way that babies minds grow is they it's actually kind of terrifying if you think about it um they they don't just slowly become more conscious they go through these crazy leaps where when the leap is done their entire perspective on the world around them has changed and it's things like, you know, they'll go from only being able to really process uh, a, an image or like a thing, an object in front of them when it's not moving to being able to recognize patterns. And like, I, I can't imagine learning something in a way that all of a sudden your brain just explodes with information. Um, and the, the nice thing about Wonder Weeks is it comes with an app so you can get the app for it. And you can track their development. And I know there's like a lot of parenting methodologies that really super granularly track these kinds of things. And that's not what Holly and I are using it for. Holly and I are using it to like get prepared for what's coming next. Because Wonder Weeks will tell you when they're going into a fussy phase. And it kind of, it helps you be prepared. Uh, it was quite disheartening when we got into the fussy phase of this current leap and the app said, you've just entered the fussy phase, 35 days remaining. (laughs) (laughs) That's just disconcerting. (laughs) It was depressing that day. Um, But it's it's good. It, It kind of helps you understand why your baby is acting in a certain way or like how they're processing information. And we were able to kind of suss out when he'd start to smile, when he'd start to recognize our faces. We were able to kind of say, okay, he really can only see the color red up until a certain point. So we'll, you know, when we entertain him and play with him, we'll make sure we like wear red shirts or we, we play with like red toys or something. So it's more, more interesting. So it's kind of useful for that kind of stuff. I, there's levels to this, and you could go baby Einstein pretty hard, but we're just really, we like to being mindful about, oh, our baby's going to be fussy. We should be prepared for that. Checks out. Uh, the baby swing is amazing. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a new concept, but the one that we have... Uh, swings side to side and then you can turn the whole swinging unit and it swings back and forth so there's options Uh, and swings are amazing just if you're not sure get yourself a swing you're going to need to put the baby down for 20 minutes while you and you and your partner eat i want to swing now i'm right 37 goddamn years old i mean i i'm i'm 35 and i have a hammock in my library for that exact reason yeah what the hell um, I don't remember what that thing I wrote is. Uh, so there was I, I uh, oh I remember what that is. Okay, so uh, I <laughs> it's 
been a day. Uh, I found this thing where um, you can, you you know, I already f- talked about the thing where you can like freeze portions of baby food. There's another one where you, where you can freeze like fruit juices and things like that when they're on more solid foods. And it you can freeze them into these little ice pellets that get loaded into this like teething pacifier. And it basically is soothing on their gums and gives them a little fruit juice. So it's like a popsicle for babies. So I thought that was really cool. We haven't gotten one yet. We're waiting until he can actually, you know, drink juice. But uh, that seemed like a really cool device and and was pretty highly rated. Um, We did get this thing from a friend called Baby's Brew. And it's a portable bottle warmer. Uh, Are you just making beer for Park? (laughs) No. Um, And it it takes forever to warm the bottle. Like, it takes probably 20 minutes to warm the bottle. It's not something you would want to use at home. But I... I can't tell you, Mark, how many times I have been in the parking lot of a doctor's office with a screaming kid and needed to use this thing to warm up their bottle. So that's, it's like, it's a, I think it's like 80 or 90 bucks and it's rechargeable and it has all of the bottle adapters and shit. And it's like very niche and very specifically useful when you cannot be around like, a normal method to warm up a bottle. Uh, and then the, the, this other thing that I almost forgot about, um, I got this thing for Holly for Christmas that she had found that was a, it, it looks like Batman's utility belt, but it's got like this weird little shelf hanging off of it. And it's like, it's in between like a baby sling where they just hang in it and um, like a baby backpack or something. It's literally just a thing where you can like sit them on it and only have to hold them with one arm so that you can do stuff around the house. That's pretty cool. Super useful. Uh, I didn't realize how useful it would be, but Holly's using it every single day. Uh, And then we just went with mostly Graco products because they all kind of interact and snap into each other. So uh, that was pretty useful. Um, yeah, newborns a lot. Well, I'll probably do another episode once he's a toddler. I'm sure I'll have all new insights at that point. He'll be the guest that episode because he'll just be running around the office. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I think that's everything. Um, that was newborns and whiskey. I learned a lot. I don't put disclaimer. I did not give my newborn whiskey. Yet. No newborns have have become alcoholics as part of this episode. My parents gave me whiskey and I turned out fine. <laughs> a little bit on the gums when you're teething. Well, thank you for, for sticking with us here, everybody. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please make sure to subscribe. Uh, give us a rating out there. Pre-save us on Spotify. We are... Uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, th- this season's uh, a bit rocky as we get back to a regular schedule. Um, yeah, a shout out here to Mark for, for being patient while I'm, you know, figuring out how to be a dad and an adult. Ah, it's fine, lad. It's all good. Uh, but we are online at thewittenwhiskeycast.com. 
we are basically anywhere that you would listen to podcasts at this point. We are working on getting our social media stuff back up and running. That'll, I'm sure we have a backlog of photos to get up there. Um, I can't guarantee we'll release next week. Um, we're probably two to three weeks out on each episode, but we'll, we'll get back into some sort of schedule here. Um, Mark, what are we going to do next time? I was actually thinking about this this morning and, and tell me what you think about this. We'll go a little bit against the grain because this whole season has been a little bit uh, different from, you know, what we've been doing. We've often done, you know, the console wars when we've talked about older video games. There's some neat stuff coming out in 2023. Maybe we should each pick two or three things we're looking forward to and kind of preview the year at large. Ooh, do like our own little E3. Yeah, since nobody's fucking going this year. <laughs> I was wondering how you'd react. I mean, I read that this morning. I went, what's the point? Just don't have the show. What's the point? Yeah, I, I for those of you who don't know, uh, the three major video game companies are not actually going to, to the big E3 this year. Not a single one. No. Uh, I like that idea. What do we want to call this? Oh, Next up in whiskey? Next round in whiskey. <laughs> or another round. Yeah, next up in whiskey. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Any, <laughs> any, any future shock in whiskey. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a clever drink-related pun, and they're all escaping me. Uh, but no, we're, we'll do that. We'll have our own little E3. Um, and it doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be AAA. doesn't have to be major studio. We'll get some indie stuff in there. Maybe we'll even dabble on some stuff coming out for PC and steam. We'll see. Uh, but it's, it's going to be interesting. And that will be episode 99, I believe. Oh, damn. So we're coming up on the 100th. We might have to film a little something when we're together for a hundred. Oh, that would be really funny. We, we might have to do that. <laughs> I would say we, we could rope AJ into it, but it is his weekend, and I don't want to make him do work. No, but Lou would probably film it for us. <laughs> I could bet my eyelashes at him. Truth. Truth. Well, thank you, everybody, again. Um, we, of course, want to shout out to Nuno Henry Silva for intro and outro music. He's the best. Um, he is the greatest. He's been writing a ton of books. I think he's up to four books now. All right. He needs to calm down. Yeah. He's, he's a tryhard. Uh, but we were talking today about uh, a topic that I think you probably have opinions about, which is this new James Gunn DCU. <laughs> yes, I, I do have opinions. We'll have to talk about that next week. But uh, we were both going to try and get together when the bold and the what is it? The bold and the brave or whatever it is brave and the bold yeah yeah, yeah. uh when damien comes to live action where i i think we need to do a blowout that year and just get everybody in into the theaters just rent out a theater and be like look it's my boy <laughs> i'm very I excited mean, it's, it's, i'll go see it um i you know i think i, I don't know we, well, well we'll we will talk on a future episode um you know, I don't know if that'll be... It'll definitely be part of, you know, the 100th episode spectacular, but I think we really... since we're, I, You read a lot of Marvel. You read a lot more Marvel than I do, but I think at our heart we're both primarily DC fans. 
I so we we could probably do a whole episode on this nonsense upcoming. <laughs> I probably could. I feel like I used to be more into DC, but I aside from Batman, I don't read much. And when Robin's not in it, I don't read Batman. I read way more Spider Man. That's fair. Yeah. Anywho, that that was a lovely tangent, but uh, until next time, everybody, cheers. Salute.